You're listening to the Goal Line Stand Podcast with Jackson Caudell and Kobe Reed, where we break down all things college football, including breaking news, recruiting, gameplay, and more. Let's get straight to it. Welcome back to another episode of the Goal Line Stand Podcast here. This is Jackson Caudell. That is Kobe Reed. March Madness has started. Kobe, how you feeling, man? I'm feeling good, brother. Got another week, getting so much closer to spring football, getting the spring games kicked up. I know Georgia State, or not Georgia State, Georgia Tech, they started this week. I know they had their pro day today. Tell me a little bit about that. How'd that go? Yeah, let's just dive right into it. You know, I was at Georgia Tech's pro day today. Um, seven guys worked out. Um Malachi Carter, EJ Jenkins, William Lay, Hassan Hall, Charlie Thomas, Ace Ely, and of course Keon White, the projected first round pick. And and I, I thought it was an impressive day for all of them. Keon White ran a four seven four unofficially. Um, I, he he told us in uh, afterwards he kind of tweaked his hamstring a little bit. He pulled up a little bit early and uh, he didn't work out the rest of the day. I don't think it's, it's not anything serious, but it's just that's why he didn't want to do anything else the rest of the day. But I think a guy that was a clear winner of the day was EJ Jenkins. I mean, he just he looked smooth running routes. He's very fluid, uh, cutting in and out of his breaks. He caught the ball well, and I mean, he met when you measure in at six six two forty five and run a four five five. Like that, that's pretty intriguing. Like I, I know when you look at his stats, they don't pop out to you, but I can tell he he won his one on one matchups a lot last year. He got open consistently, and I think whether he stays at wide receiver, or if a team wanted to move him to tight end, like I think he's worth looking at. Now he told us he had a workout with the Falcons coming up, actually, which is um which he said was his childhood, his favorite team growing up. So um that was interesting. Charlie Thomas, I thought looked pretty good in the linebacker drills he did. Um, he said he had a workout scheduled with the Saints. So that, as much as I dislike the Saints, they'd get a great player if they took him. I'll tell you that. So, you know, all, all the players, the players I like and cover got to go to teams that I despise. You know, and it's just, it always works out that way. But yeah, I think Ace Ely looked pretty good today for a guy. I was, I was surprised he, I asked him afterwards, you know, were you kind of surprised you didn't get a combine invite? You had 118 tackles last year, all ACC linebacker. You had three and a half sacks too, and you didn't get an invite. I just thought that was kind of strange. And he said he's just using his motivation. Like it's, it is a chip on his shoulder, but it was good to be out there. Uh, scouts from all 32 teams were out there from what we were told. So. Yeah, good day for the Yellow Jackets out there. Spring football kicked off this week, and obviously new basketball coach in town. So all I've got all that covered at allyellowjackets.com. There's plenty of content now, and there's more content coming later today. But we wanted to do a little fun exercise for y'all today. You know, we're 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 in the spring right now. You know, there's not not a ton to talk about daily with college football. Um, Georgia Tech is going to kick off the 2024 season in Ireland. So that, that'll be pretty exciting. They're going to play the Seminoles. So if it's half as good as the entertaining classic we got last year between Northwestern and Nebraska, you know, just be awesome. And I, you know, I almost forgot that Tech played in that game in 2016. I don't know if you remember them playing Boston College and beating them, uh, in 2016, but so it's, it's not the first trip to Ireland. Um, but we're, what we were going to do for you today was predict every college game day site from each week of the season. Um, it, it was something we, we had been talking about doing. And it's just kind of a, a good little predictor of that we, it, it gives us an excuse to talk about the really big games of the season or the most intriguing ones week to week. Um, so some of the weeks were kind of hard to predict. I think that's what we found when we were doing it. Um, you want to talk a little bit more about that? Yeah. We, 
did like our own little preview before the show, just talking about for all the way from week zero all the way into rivalry week. Um, there are a lot of games this year where we just don't know where college game day could be simply because we don't know what these teams are going to be. Um, mm-hmm. If we're being honest, one of the most notable teams that I feel like could have a lot of college day, uh, game day venues would be Colorado. And that just is one of those things where we don't know how good Colorado is going to be. They could play TCU week one and get skull drug, or they could somehow win that game and that could set the precedent for how they do this season. It's just certain certain teams like that where we don't know how good they're going to be, so we don't know what's going to uh, fit the criteria to be a college game day. Yeah, and I, that, I, we, we every week Colorado played somebody noteworthy. We're like, if Colorado has a good record, yeah, that, that could be a thing because it, some of what's, I think, baked into college game day, not just a good matchup, but, like, what do people want to see? Like, what cool venue could we go to now? And I think people are going to want to see Dion on there this year. Does that mean Dion's going to be on there every week? No. But as people – like, they're the only spring game on ESPN this year. Like, that, they're the only spring game. They, they've sold out – It's good. there's going to be 35,000 people there. They sold out tickets far in advance. Like, there's a lot of excitement around there, obviously. And I guess let's just start in week one and – for a week one slate, there's usually three or four marquee games each year. Like I, I think teams or the the season generally feels like it kicks off with a few big games. But man, when we were looking at the schedule, there, there there's going to be good games to watch. But there's not something that sticks out as like we're going to remember this in the playoff race down the line. Like we were talking about with Georgia and Oregon, Ohio State, Notre Dame, a, a few of those games last year. Now. We're not obviously not including the Sunday matchup of Florida State LSU because that that is on a pedestal of its own that first week. My pick is Colorado TCU. Like we were just talking about, there's going to be a lot of intrigue with Colorado first game for Dion and in his crew in his coaching career at Colorado. And then you're talking about a team that just come off a national championship berth. There's going to be a lot of new things there. They're kind of reloading to the transfer portal. TCU, I, I saw in one sports book they're 17 and a half point favorites right now. And I'd expect that that might go up a little bit, but that would be my pick. I think there's some other intriguing options. What, what did you land on for week one? Uh, week one, I mean, clearly by far the best game that's going to be in week one is that Florida State and LSU matchup. However, that is on a Sunday. Um, did mm-hmm. they do college game day last year on a Sunday? Mm-hmm. They did it on the Thursday and then the Saturday. Now, I'll say this. There could be a switch up with that just because of how good that game is because that that's going to be a top 10 matchup, I think. And the, it's just so far and away the best game. So I, I could see where game day does a game on Saturday and then also does game day live from New Orleans like, like Sunday afternoon. But it, it would be a little different from what they've always done. Yeah, I mean, honestly – Outside of that LSU-Florida State game, biggest game to me, which has the highest ceiling to be a great game, but also could be a blowout, that Colorado-TCU game week one. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be the most overreacted to game week one probably. Yep. If Colorado wins, you're going to say, oh, colorado Dion week one, they just beat the run national runner-up. Like, is Colorado here? Yeah. When in the case could just be, well, TCU just lost a ton of talent. Like, they lost a Heisman runner-up. Quentin Johnson's probably going to be a first-round pick. Like, it's 
Um, and then if TCU wins, like you'll everybody's gonna pile on Colorado and Dion and be like, oh, not living up to the hype and this that. It's gonna be the most overreacted to game of the week, I think for sure. Yep, I agree. And another game week one that we could look at is Florida and Utah. I mean, that was a nail biter last year. Anthony Richardson did his thing last year. However, Anthony Richardson is not playing this year. It's gonna be Grant the Grand Mert show. If that game's on ESPN that first Thursday, I bet that game day will be in Utah. It, much like they were for West Virginia Pitt last year on the, the opening Thursday. I could see yeah, I could see game day doing a show there um on that. So I, I think the only What's that? Is Florida Utah playing on a Thursday? Yeah. Oh. My bad, right here. I thought it said it played on a Saturday. Whoops, my fault. No, they, they. I think they moved it this week. I think that was some news this week that the Florida and uh, Utah are going to play there. I, I don't think it's settled what network it's going to be on, though. So that's why I was saying if it's an ESPN game, I think they'll do game day from there. But the only other game to me, I think it'll either be Colorado TCU. I think North Carolina, South Carolina is an intriguing option. I think that could be a better – I think those two teams are better. I think it could be a better quality game. Um, but is is week two as simple as it is for you as it is for me? I mean, clearly, you know, <laughs> me being a big Bama guy, it only makes sense. Alabama and Texas, of course. Um, I don't think it gets any better than that because there's so much riding on Texas and Sark this year, and there's so much riding on Bama. I mean, of course, you have Bama coming off – Two years not winning a natty. Everybody's going to be dialed in to see what Nick Saban does, especially with the new quarterbacks that are going to be playing. Um, and then you have Texas mm-hmm. and Sark, the Quinn Ewers show, followed up by uh, Arch Manning. You got Texas that's been recruiting off the walls for these last couple of years. It'll be, I think it'll be a good game. It was a good game last year. I'm very interested to see how that would play out this year. But I don't see any other, any other game on this week two slate outside of maybe Miami A&M that could hold some weight like Bama and Texas. That's going to be an intriguing game to watch just because, again, I think that's going to be a game we may overreact to, and both those teams need to win that game. Like, Let me make that clear. We'll get into it more as the offseason goes on, but that's going to be a game where I think A&M needs to win it a little bit more than Miami. But to me, it's like Alabama's going to come in top three team in the country. They'll be second or third behind Georgia. Texas, they'll be ranked, and they'll be – I bet you they'll be the betting favorite in Vegas to to win the Big 12. And it was a fantastic game last year. Like, Texas almost pulling off a big upset. It's going to be in Tuscaloosa this year. There's going to be well over 100,000 people there. It's just going to be insane atmosphere. So, both having Texas, Alabama, I thought that was an easy pick. Week three is, like, when you get further into the season, like, there were a couple of contenders there, I think. Tennessee and Florida is a interesting game. I think if the odds of this being the game shoot up astronomically if Florida goes into Utah and finds a way to beat them again because yeah. those teams will be undefeated at that point. It's a rivalry game. I think Georgia South Carolina is the other contender for this spot. For this spot, I mean, I'm going to go outside of the SEC a bit. Washington Michigan State that that I, I could I could see that giving the Pac-12 a little love. I guess the thing is Washington will be ranked highly to start the season. I think we're all still wondering if Michigan State could live up to it. If Michigan State's not very good, but I, I, I my guess is it'll be one of those three. Um, you know, 
Uh, I, th- this won't be it. I'll at least throw out there, at least on paper, and I may sound a little bit homerish because it's who I cover and report for, but Georgia Tech Ole Miss has some intrigue, especially if Georgia Tech does beat Louisville to start the season because Ole Miss will be 2-0 and heading into that game. That, I think at least, you know, I don't, I don't think game day will go there, but it, I do think it makes it a more interesting matchup. And when you look around, there's just no game to me that just stands out above all the others like there are in some weeks. Yep, I definitely agree. If we moving on to week four, I don't see that's another now Florida State and Clemson. I mean, that could very yeah, well be ACC right there. I mean, I think we we did mention that Ohio State Notre Dame is that week, but I think with the combination of they did this game last year and Ohio State Notre Dame both playing big games the rest of the season. Well, I don't know on paper right now that you could say that for Florida State Clemson. Because both of them play Miami, but we don't know what Miami's going to be this year and if they're going to be game day worthy necessarily. And the schedule's pretty weak for both for both of them. Clemson does play Notre Dame, but um, I think it's Florida State Clemson. I, I feel 75% confident. If it's not them, if Florida State does lose to LSU week one, I do think it, it does up the chances it's Ohio State and Notre Dame because I like both of them to be undefeated at that point, but – yeah. I think Florida State Clemson is just uh, possibly a playoff berth on the line there. Possibly. I agree. And if it's not Florida State Clemson, there are two games going on out in the uh, Pac-12. Like we said, if Colorado was somehow to beat TCU, Colorado goes into Eugene to play Oregon. I feel like that would be a very good game, depending on how Colorado does in that week one matchup. And then also you got UCLA and Utah. That could also very well be mm-hmm. a very good game that has some Pac-12 implications there. But, yeah, it's just anything outside of Florida State and Clemson is going to be hard, man. And also, just when I look at the schedule, like, there's so many good matchups in the Big 12 I like each week. And it, some of it has to do with the new schools in there. Like, yeah. I like getting Oklahoma at Cincinnati. Like, that's an interesting game to me that week. Um UCLA-Utah is another one I think will be a good game. Not Probably not game day worthy, but don't sleep on it. Yeah. Um, you got moving on to week five. No, I was going to say, remember how hype we were about North Carolina and Pitt last year? Oh, my God. Yeah. Like that'll be, and uh, you know, there's no more divisions in the ACC, so you can't call it coastal chaos anymore. Yeah. But like that, that's just always, they, 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 those two teams tend to play good games. Yeah. You know, what you we kind of run into the uh, same problem. Tech fans won't like me saying this, but I do think Georgia Auburn's probably the best game of the day. Like, I think, you know, we keep talking about, well, what if this team's undefeated? That it could be this game. Auburn has a chance to be undefeated if you look at their early schedule. And I think the the game being in Auburn, I think you also have to throw in Georgia's the two time defending champion. They're almost certainly going to be undefeated by that point, um, assuming that South Carolina doesn't do something crazy. So I kind of like Georgia Auburn's chances there. Plus, it'll be kind of the first really big game of Hugh Freeze's tenure there. Um, that Georgia Auburn was my pick, and I don't know if you had another. Honestly, my pick, and simply because of what happened at the end of last year, that South Carolina Tennessee game looks very, very intriguing. Because you're going to have Tennessee out for blood. Everybody loves Shane Beamer, South Carolina. They're going to be out to prove themselves. Um, Maybe Florida and Kentucky, if Florida beats uh, Utah. Mm -hmm. And then, like we said, depending on how Colorado is, 
Colorado USC. Like I'm going to keep throwing Colorado's name in there just because we don't know what they're going to be. And the oh my god, that- Can you imagine the headlines with Dion, Caleb Williams, yes. Lincoln Riley. Like that that has yeah, that's just- the thing about Dion. Dion could have one win going into Week Five, but Dion's going to find a way to get his team some publicity and going to get viewership on Colorado. So I, I don't know. It could go a lot of different ways. I like that Georgia Auburn game. Um, I think the narrative that's going to be around Hugh Freeze and Auburn in the beginning of the year, uh, playing at Jordan Hare against the two-time reigning national champions, um, I, that could very well be the college game day that week. Week six to me feels like another easy week. I know Texas already had the matchup against Alabama, but if you have a chance to go to the Cotton Bowl and see Oklahoma, Texas, like you're going to do it. Yeah, like you're just you're gonna do it, and I think Oklahoma is a big bounce back candidate team to me this season. Um, I I, I really I'm not saying they're gonna make the playoff or even win the Big Twelve, but they're, they're gonna be better than they were last year. I was gonna say it's and hard to get much worse than what they did last year. And they were especially, you know, you could get a little Jackson Arnold, Arch Manning. That that would be really really that would interesting be cool to see. Yeah, and just dueling it out in the Cotton Bowl, like I. I have so many fond Oklahoma Texas memories. Like you know, I go. My favorite Oklahoma Texas game was the Sam Bradford Colt McCoy in two thousand eight. That was just a classic. Yeah. Um, I feel like it kind of dipped a little bit. Like last year was disgusting, and some of that was just you know Gabriel was hurt and Oklahoma did not have a viable backup quarterback and they got smashed. But I find myself drinking the Texas Kool Aid, so that could be why I'm picking this game too. So um, that scares me. I mean, yeah, this Texas and Oklahoma is going to be – it's one of those games every year where we don't have to wait until the last game of the season to watch a Auburn-Alabama or to watch a Michigan and Ohio State. We get a good old-fashioned hate rivalry right there in the middle of the season with Texas and Oklahoma. But another game that I don't – it won't be game day, but I think will be – I think it will hold a lot of weight, Kansas State and Oklahoma State. The the Friday night before. I think that would be a very interesting game. Yeah, like I told you, big you're going to find like two or three games from the Big 12 you're going to want to watch every single week just because the team, the games are probably going to be high scoring and competitive and the teams are going to be good. You might not have a great one, but they'll be good. Like to me, when I look at week seven, it comes down to two games for me as far as game day is concerned. Um, USC at Notre Dame and Oregon at Washington. Like, I think that that could be a week the Pac-12 does take center stage. I'm guessing it's one of those two. If I had to guess, probably USC-Notre Dame would be my guess. I don't know. It's just so – you just know the other factors in there. Yeah, honestly, I would go with USC and Notre Dame simply because I just feel like you're going to have Caleb Williams. uh, You're going to have – Oh, gosh, what's Buddy's name? Sam Hartman? Yeah, Sam, Sam Hartman. Hartman. So it's going to be a battle between two very good uh, quarterbacks. You're going to have two head coaches in their second year at these respective teams. I feel like the narrative that's going to be surrounding that game, I I don't think any other game could top it. Oregon and Washington would be really good. Uh, Miami, North Carolina might be a good venue. I mean, it's going to be in Chapel Hill, Chapel Hill depending on how good those two teams are. But, yeah. USC and Notre Dame, I think that's just pure money-making matchup right there. Yeah, I mean, you have Caleb Williams coming back. 
Heisman, Heisman winner trying to go for it again. That, that's when USC schedule is also going to kick into overdrive too. Like they, they kind of have a, a easy start to the season and you hit the mid season. It's just going to be a grind for them. So I'm kind of interested to see where USC is going to be at. Man, I, I think both of us had a smile on our face when we got to week eight. Like yeah. week eight is, I think what, what it's all about for, for college football. It's just going to be a ton of great games. Penn State at Ohio State. Could be the two best teams in the entire Big Ten. Uh, maybe Michigan doesn't want to hear that, but it, it it could be those two. Utah USC is going to be another one. Um, let's see. Then we have the Tennessee Alabama. Like I, I just gave you three monster games, and I haven't even mentioned um, like a couple of sleepers like Clemson at Miami. Like if, if that that could be a good game, and then Michigan Florida Michigan. State doesn't. Have- yeah. Florida State doesn't have a ton of challenging games or on paper challenging games after they play LSU and Clemson that first month. Duke won nine games last year and returned a ton of starters. Yep. So I'll just throw that out there saying that could be uh if Florida State's sleepwalking or if they don't come correct, that game could be closer than you think it could be. Yeah. And then also just an interesting game that'll have a cool story next to it is the Auburn Ole Miss game. I mean, Hugh Freeze playing uh, – <laughs> You know, I mean, it could be out for revenge. Oh I mean, that'd be that'd just be a funny. I'm just that is the Hugh Freeze thing, but it's also the uh, Lane Kiffin to Auburn factory. Like, you remember when that was kind of the hot topic? Like that, that I, I we kind of glossed over that at the beginning. I'm glad you brought that up. That's gonna be that's SEC heaven right there. Like, you've got two two schools like that, and then you've got just drama in, in, in the middle of all that. So that that's a uh, my guess is probably Penn State, Ohio State, because I think if they go USC, Notre Dame the week before, I think USC, Utah is probably off the table the next week. So Penn State, Ohio State, to me, I, I, I've i talked enough about how much I like Penn State going into the season. It scares me how much I like Penn State going into the season, but – I think they have to be. They have to find a way to take down Ohio State because here's the thing: everybody remembers James Franklin's first big victory at Penn State. You know the block kick, run it back. They beat Ohio State. They almost made. They made that run at the end of the season. Almost made the playoff. They have not beat Ohio State since. Like that's they. They've had their chances. Like that's the thing. Like they play Ohio State tough every season, even when it looks like Ohio State's much better. Like the. When they had Justin Fields, Chase Young, and Jeff Okuda, 2019, they were a dominant team. Penn State played them pretty tough compared to the rest of the the teams in the Big Ten wow. that year. So you know, it. it um, I, I'm really excited to see that game this year. I am too, but you know, I got to ride with the tide for Week Eight. Alabama, Tennessee. I mean, come on, that's going to be prime time SEC matchup. One personally, one of my favorite rivalries of Alabama. I hate Tennessee with everything in me. Uh, love Vol fans, just hate Tennessee. Um, but yeah, Alabama's going to be out for blood. I think this Tennessee team this year is going to be, as a unit, a better team than they were last year. What we saw Hinton Hooker and all those boys do last year was phenomenal. But as a, as far as being better defensively in the secondary, uh, you're going to have Joe Milton or Nico figured out by that point. I feel like that game and Bryant Denny, I feel like it would be Alabama, Tennessee over Ohio State and Penn State. You sound like you you just that, that there's some revenge in your voice when you're oh, talking yeah. about this game right here. Oh yeah, for sure. Like that's the game I got circled on my calendar already. It's what March. Yeah, I'm already. But yeah, I agree. That game's going to be huge as well. You know, you don't get much bigger than a probably the game of the week in the SEC. But um, yeah, I think those two are going to take the top spot. And yeah, 
we've talked a lot about USC, some USC games, but USC had like Utah beat them two times last year. So like that's going to be a big proven spot for the Trojans next year. I think we have a big letdown in week nine, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, I think the only game I saw notable, Oregon and uh, Utah. Yeah, Oregon at Utah. I think that one will probably be it. There's some interesting games. I don't know if any of them are game day worthy. Ohio State, Wisconsin, I'm kind of interested because, you know, Luke Fickle, a whole new look for Wisconsin. It's going to be just – I don't know. if It's in Wisconsin. Like, I don't know if Wisconsin is going to be quite ready for this game quite yet, but I don't know. Like, that, I think Oregon, Utah probably takes the cake there, though. I do, too. Depending on how these teams look, because South Carolina is already going to play Georgia by this point, South Carolina and A&M, as much as Jimbo has let me down in his tenure at A&M, there's just something weird I feel about this A&M team this year. I I mean, he finally got off in the coordinator. I don't think Petrino's going to be the lord and savior of this program, but I feel like A&M will be in a lot better place this year than they have been in recent years. Um, A&M and South Carolina, I feel like that's going to be a really good game. But if I really had to pick, I would probably go Oregon and Utah. Yeah, I think that's where I'm at too. Like this, I think we've said it a few times before. Pac-12 is going to be one of the most interesting. I think might be the most interesting conference this year. There's going to be a lot of quality games. But and I think the the difference when I you know I say that about the Big Twelve too. But I think the Pac-12 has more uh, contenders in it. And I think that's going to what's going to separate those two. But Man, you, you know, when I look at the Week 10 schedule, one thing that does make me sad is it could be the last ever Oklahoma-Oklahoma State game we get because yeah. they have they don't plan to continue the series after this. So I hope we get the most Bedlam game in the history of Bedlam for yeah. that. Um, but kind of looking at them, like Florida State-Pitt, I do think it's an interesting matchup. Man, I, I really just am, am – I can't wait for the total to come out for Iowa Northwestern in Chicago that week. Like, that's going to be just awesome. <laughs> I think we both would agree it's LSU-Alabama, correct? Yes. I mean, look, I thought there was one more game in week 10. It's either, yeah, Alabama and LSU or Texas and Kansas State could be a very good game that week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Outside, outside of those two, I couldn't see it being anybody else. Well, Big 12 championship game rematch. Those were two really entertaining games both times they played last year. Notre Dame, Clemson, and Washington, USC, I think also deserve mention. Yeah. I just, I think, you know, LSU, Alabama just to me is on a different level. I think both of them are going to be in the top 10. Maybe they're both undefeated. I don't know if I buy the. I don't know if I quite buy that yet because that that's kind of tough to get. But I I think that's Washington USA. I think are going to be the two best teams in the Pac-12 this year. So I think that Washington. I didn't know that. Yeah, I I, I kind of hinted at it when we were talking about the Pac-12. You know, a, a few weeks ago. It, it's I'm I'm big on them this year. I think that offense is after being a Michael Penix hater for um, most of his life. I think and now I'm kind of on board. They have maybe the best one-two punch in the country at receiver outside of Ohio State. Offensive mm-hmm. line's gonna if their defense makes enough corrections like that, that team's gonna be super fun to watch. I think a playoff contender. Not saying a natty contender, but a playoff contender. There's a difference. Um, you like so, 
you like Washington over Oregon and UCLA this year? Yes. And right now. Yeah, that scares me though, because I always like, I picked Utah last year, but I always they're they're the team that scares me when I underrate them. Like yeah, at your own risk. Like because I Cam Rising's back. It's a Kyle Whittingham team. Like you know what you're gonna get out of them. They're gonna be tough and physical. Their defense needs to be better than it was last year, though, because it wasn't the same Utah defense we've been accustomed to seeing. I think you saw it. Even it, you know, they beat USC twice, but USC didn't have trouble moving the ball on them. Yeah. That first, especially that first game when Caleb Williams was 100% healthy, and you know Penn State kind of moved it around on them with ease in the Rose Bowl. So uh, that Utah defense is going to have to get a little bit better, and you assume they do, but again, it's not a guarantee. Man, you you fast forward to week 11, and we're just going to keep talking about the Pac-12 because I think there's two super interesting games there with USC at Oregon and Utah at Washington. Um, honorable mention to Rutgers and Iowa. Um, just throw that. <laughs> But also, oh we get the you know the the round robin between Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State. We get Michigan and uh, Penn State this week, so that could be it. Because I, I think I, I really like Michigan to be undefeated in that game, just because their schedule is pretty soft. And if Penn State beats Ohio State, you could be looking at the the winner of Penn State Michigan could go to the Big Ten championship game. Yeah. I think one game you are leaving out though, because this week eleven slate is absolutely awesome. Like there's so many games I see here that I'm gonna be watching all day long. I think Texas and TCU. Yeah. That could be a spot in the Big Twelve or bit yeah, Big Twelve uh, title game could yep. be on the line there. Um I, I'm really interested to see what TCU looks like at that point in the season. Cause I mean TCU they they're losing a lot, but they also had a pretty good transfer portal class, I feel yeah. like. And by the end of the season, you think they're going to mesh and be clicking. Yeah, and then Texas, I mean, I'm high on Texas this year. I think they make a big jump this year, um, at least compared to last year. But Texas and TCU, I feel like that could very well determine the uh, Big 12 this year. Yeah, I mean, I I think you could be right. And there's probably going to be some points in that one. It was weird because that was such a big game last year. And we're thinking, me and you were talking shootout, who stops who. What was it, seventeen to ten? Like Texas moved like Bijan was held to twenty something yards rushing. It was yep. it was a very odd game to to say the least. Um one that we were not expecting. But also shout out to Ole Miss Georgia. Like that could be an interesting game. You know, we we talk about the cupcake schedule that Georgia indeed has, but uh, that that's one of the more intriguing games, I think, on the schedule. It would be more intriguing if it was in Oxford, not Athens, but um also, you got Duke Carolina game, which is more interesting on the hardwood than the football field. But you know, yep. you gotta give him a shout out, man. Last two weeks of the regular season, you know, you you flip through and you're trying to find some games. Like, I, it takes a little bit for some things to jump off the page, but I do think Georgia Tennessee Tennessee does separate itself. Um, I think having them and Ole Miss back to back is interesting because you know. In an ideal world, if you're if you're Kirby Smart in Georgia, you kind of want a tune up game. You're, you want that you want to play Vanderbilt before you play Tennessee. Like you you don't want to have to put all your focus on Ole Miss. Make sure you're ready to go for that, but also have to keep Tennessee in the back of your mind too. Whether it's all right, we'll go do whatever we want to against Vanderbilt, but we're this we're getting two weeks of game prep for Tennessee because I think that's what they would do in that scenario. But I think Georgia Tennessee is by far the biggest game that week. It could be a spot in the SEC title could be on the line, much like it was last year. 
I like Georgia, Tennessee, and I think I would make that pick. But UCLA and USC, for some reason, that game just stands out in my mind this year. Because you're going to have at UCLA Chip Kelly. Didn't they just did they just sign him to an extension recently? Twenty seven. Yep, you got him. I feel like at least by this point, it's going to be the Dante Moore show. I mean. Well, they figured that out, seeing him against Caleb Williams and USC. I feel like that could be a high-flying shootout. Yeah, like it, it was – that was a fantastic game last year. That, that was an absolutely great game last year. We saw uh, DTR and Caleb Williams just one one touchdown after another. And that's going to be a fun game. I, I still think in terms of overall impact, it's Georgia-Tennessee for me. And uh, to me, I don't have much to say about the last week of the season. Obviously, it's rivalry week. There's going to be a lot of games people want to see. It's Ohio State, Michigan. It has to be Ohio State, Michigan. It's been the it's been one of the most consequential games the the past two years. It's Ohio State's going to be out for blood because they've been embarrassed to say the least. You don't want to lose three years in a row to Michigan. The the, the thing is, I I had rarely seen Michigan beat Ohio State in either me or you's lifetime. It's happened twice in a row. And it's been an ass kicking twice in a row. Yes. Like it's been like that game last year. I will say it was close for most of the game. And then Michigan broke the thing open in the second half. So it wasn't like I felt it was more wire to wire in uh, what 2022 or, or 2021, yeah. I, I should say. But man, I, I just think that that game is going to hold so much weight. Um, I think Penn State throws a wrench into those plans possibly because if Penn State could beat one or both of them, I think it does take the game down a slight notch. Um, but also, you know, you got the Iron Bowl is going to be a big game. It's going to be Hugh Freeze's first, uh, Iron Bowl. Iron Bowl. I was, I almost like slipped said his first time playing Alabama. And I was like, well, no, 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 that's not right. He's, he's, he, <laughs> you know, the big thing about Hugh Freeze is he's beaten Alabama. So, um, yes, he has one of the few. Yeah. He's done it twice. Yep. So I, I'm interested to see that. And, Florida, Florida State, like, I, I, I'm just curious as to, okay, Maybe Florida is not very good. Maybe they're just six or seven wins, but can they, if Florida State is heading towards a playoff berth, could they possibly kind of stand in the way of that? The game I do think is in Gainesville this year. So yeah, it'll be at Florida this year. I vote that they put that game on Black Friday again, personally. That was pretty fun to see. Um, plus, it'll distract me from having to watch Miami Boston College. Yeah, I, I agree. It's got to be Ohio State and Michigan. I don't think there's any contest there. Let me ask you this though: You got A and M and you got LSU. Who has more wins by this point in the season for both? LSU. I, I'm not. I will not say A and M. I will not say A and M. You know, you don't want to either. I don't want to, but like I said, I got a weird vibe around this A and M team this year, and I got honestly, I may or may not have more questions about LSU. Mm, that, not not more than A and M though. To me, there's no way. Like I, there, my questions are endless for A and M. My <laughs> questions all, are, they are with Jimbo. Yeah, it all starts with Jimbo, and the guy he has is his offensive coordinator. But anyway, yeah, you know, I have questions about LSU too, but I think they're going to be a really good team again. I don't know if they're going to be ready to make the playoff per se, because again, you're talking about going through an SEC schedule plus playing a team that many are predicting could make the playoff in Florida State. And then you'd have to get to the SEC title game and almost certainly play Georgia unless Tennessee has something to say about that. So I, I still believe in LSU. I would I, I would personally be very surprised if 
Texas A&M had more wins at this point in the season. Yeah, and to close this out real quick, just want to ask you off the top of your head, can South Carolina beat Clemson two years in a row? Sure. Like, I don't see why not. Like, I, I think <laughs> to me, it's South Carolina is a team I expect to also be getting better as the season goes on because you're miss, like, missing Jaheim Bell, missing Jordan Birch, missing Marshawn Lloyd. Like, those are guys that are going to have to be replaced in time. And that's what sucks for them about getting Georgia in Athens in week three. Yeah. Because the big key for them is okay, are you getting Spencer Rattler from the last three games of the season or are you getting Spencer Rattler through the the rest of the season? Because if it's the Spencer Rattler of the last three games, that's a pretty good team. If that's it's a great that, team, yeah. That, they could struggle badly. So South Carolina always has to play a tough schedule. Obviously, they're, they're like Georgia Tech in the sense that they have played Georgia and Clemson every single season. Yeah. So, uh, it's I'm interested to see South Carolina. And not to mention you're playing North Carolina too, who – we have questions about, but we have no questions about who's playing quarterback for them, and that makes them dangerous. So, you know, anything else before we wrap? And then, obviously, you'll get the Army-Navy game the week after that, so no yep. prediction there. So, can't wait for it. Like, it, it gets me excited just talking about this and just knowing we got to – there. there's going to – and hopefully, you know, we, we talk about some of those weeks now, like, uh, it's kind of light that week. There could be some surprise teams come up, and we could have an interesting matchup and not even realize it right now is the beautiful thing about it. I know we haven't even talked about it, but depending on how the season goes, and this is my last time mentioning them, Colorado and Utah. I mean, what over under Colorado has five wins by this point. What are you taking? Is it at the end of the season? Yeah, last game. That's the rivalry game. Colorado and Utah. Under. Ah, why would you do this? Because the Pac-12 is a tough conference and – their non-conference isn't easy either. Like getting TCU to open the season is not. That's tough. <laughs> and again, TCU has their fair share of questions, but you're talking about like TCU is going to be a big favorite in that game. Yeah. I have no idea what to make of Nebraska. So, but compared to would you rather play Nebraska or a super soft like MAC team this year? You probably take the MAC team because so, Nebraska is probably not going to be a cakewalk. It's going to be, can they beat teams like Stanford? Can they beat um, Washington State possibly? Although I think they're kind of tough with Cam Ward back. Can they beat uh, Arizona or there's somebody else I'm missing from that bottom of that heat. Oregon State. No. No, I I consider them to, like, Oregon State's going to be big favorites in that game. Make no mistake about it. I mean, that's a team returning a lot of starters from – everybody's favorite team last year, or at least half this podcast's favorite team last year. So yep. well, we're going to, we're going to talk so much about Colorado each week. It's probably going to be exhausting, but I'm ready for it. But you got anything before we get out of here? Nah, brother. Got to go turn on this Alabama game. Tide hoops. Everybody check in. And, we'll get and all this the, Furman just upset Virginia. So like that, that's a, that's a big thing. The, the road for Bama just got a lot easier possibly for them. So, um, Go Mar- calling it right now, Bama wins it all, man. Just got to throw it on the line. Marquette, that's my pick. So it's probably, <laughs> but that's gonna do it for us. This is it's been a fun episode. Go follow Kobe on all social media. Go check out alljacks.com. There's gonna be a lot of uh, content coming from the pro day today. That is Kobe. This is Jackson. We're out.